Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. My name is Kaylee. I am here with the Leif Hetland. It has been a long time since I've had the privilege of interviewing you, Leif. If you're not familiar with who I am, I am executive assistant. I've been with Leif for um, going on seven years now and a part of the the Kingdom family that's taking over the globe. Um, It is an honor to be with you all today. We have a very exciting topic to talk about today. Um, This is our third installment of the Love Awakening series. This is our out installment. So today we're going to be talking about what it looks like to become an ambassador of love, the assignment of an ambassador of love, how to represent Christ to the world. Um, And there is no better life that exemplifies this than your own journey of moving from spiritual orphanhood to a spiritual son and how that really sets you up to become an ambassador of love. So before we jump into the first question, Leif, how are you doing? What's God doing in your life right now? I'm doing pretty well. uh, As as many of you know that I just came from the Middle East, from Pakistan, after an amazing assignment there. And then you have sometimes the battle you fight after the battle you won. So I think I'm in a a season of just uh, getting fresh oil of intimacy and getting clarity also how to be able to help people to navigate because I realize there's so many beautiful things that is happening all over the world and God is up to something, but he's looking for somebody to co-labor with him. He could do it himself, but he has chosen to do it to his family. And I think that the, the surprise for me in this season is so many people are being distracted in this season or being overwhelmed by what's happening in this world because we don't know how to be overwhelmed by him. So I just, I'm in a season just wanted to be overwhelmed by him so nothing else can overwhelm me. So that's the season I'm in. Yes. And by the time our listeners hear this podcast, we will be at the very end of our Love Awakening Intensive. Um, if you are listening and you joined it, it has been such a powerful time. You and Pastor Paul from the Philippines and Verge have been using Isaiah 6 as a model um, of how to carry out personal revival and to be able to influence the world around you. The you know the process of, of becoming face-to-face with God is you have to become face-to-face with yourself. And we see that in Isaiah's journey of Um, seeing himself for who he is, but because he is seeing God. Um, And it is a worthy journey. It has been such a powerful time. Um, So there's been, we have been on this topic. We will always be on this topic because it is the pursuit of all of our lives. Um, But I would be so interested to hear some stories about your recent trip to Pakistan, because when we hear about your baptism of love or the love ambassador um, journey in your life, it usually is tied to the nations or to Pakistan because you're face-to-face with uh, Pharaoh, you're face-to-face with uh, the persecuted church. So we'd love to hear some stories about the trip in May. First of all, it was a great privilege to be able to, first of all, represent King Jesus again. And after about 26 years of going into this one nation that I believe that my heart would be buried in, just as David Wilkerson's body was buried in England, his heart was buried in Africa. And I think it's just one of those that I have such a love, not just for that nation, but there's a special love God has given me, his love. 
for that nation. And we had a team, uh, I think we were five people outside myself that joined me on this trip, which also was significant. And part of, uh, there was a lot of tension before because of the prime minister was bursted. Of course, we had a COVID season, was things there just with people getting visas. So it required a lot of things. Sometimes it's the battle you fight before the battle you win, and then it is during, and then it is afterwards. So it's a uh, it's actually like more a six-month journey. And the one place we decide we're going to do a healing festival, a Jesus festival, prayer festival, was going to be in an era that it felt like the Lord just spoke to me on my way to see the CPA. It's kind of also redeeming or you've been thrown off a horse. It's time to get back on the horse again. But he said it is time for you to walk on water. And I knew what it meant because at that moment he took me to picture last time I was sinking. And his grace had to lift me up. And I didn't make it. He reminded me about that, that now it's time to get back again. And, and it's a little scary because that region and area for 10 years has been on my mind. And there's never been an evangelistic gathering before. And then all the storms started to brew and make the story short. That was one out of 11 different assignments. And we got so many different curveballs. But to make that story short, that we were able to, with a beautiful team, great, great people, to be able to see the atmosphere change. And we have a beautiful video that I'm sure that the, the seers can see from this festival. Uh, there was a limited, two days before they canceled the event, the government shut down the road. 24 hours afterwards, uh, I actually had a security came to my room six hours before we were supposed to leave. The road was still shut down because of demonstrations and they were afraid they were going to kidnap. So it was like constantly this tension night and day before and I just kind of kept my team alert. And then we were sitting down in the lobby and just waiting and waiting until eventually the time came and we went in. That limited a little bit the size, but it didn't limit the impact what Jesus had. And it was beautiful to see. I think there's so many memory stones, but one tumors just disappearing another one with skin disease that just disappeared a four-year-old little muslim girl that grandma brought her there and a pastor lifted her up on the stage the team was just praying for that little girl and she was totally blind and you could see the deformed legs and she's running on the stage and i get to run with her and then later on she grabbed my nose she's been blind and she can see and and the place just exploded and pretty much everyone that was there surrendered the life to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. It was, it was a sweet kiss from heaven to just watch the atmosphere change. And then I had an honor of be with a federal minister and the head of religious affairs of the government in a, this peace event in Peshawar, right on the Afghan border. And uh, even there to be able to represent love. And again, the 12 and a half minutes I had seen the atmosphere change and things that we've never seen happen before and this uncommon favor. Uh, also had a lot of headquarters. Uh, another one of my highlights, one of the Shia Muslim leaders came up to my hotel room. We met down in the lobby, but he couldn't move his shoulder because he had a frozen shoulder or needed surgery. And, and it was so much pain. So you could see that. So I said, hey, come up to my room because I didn't want to do it in the restaurant. And the Shia Muslim leaders was there. Every day I had different groups and different streams coming and just doing life together because that's what ambassadors do. You represent the king and then you meet other royalties and these were the Shia family. So anyway, so in the middle of that, I said, Greg Haswell, who's on our board of Globe Mission Awareness, come with me to the hotel room. And with his older son in the room and then 
we just prayed and blessed him and says, now, look, this is Jesus. In the name of Jesus, just lift your shoulder. And he's kind of a looking straight. And then suddenly he realized he's totally gone. He's totally healed. And again, I just released a little bit more presence of Jesus. And he gets, and finally in the end, and I get teared up when he says that we have the interview, but he said, I, I don't know what happened. It was so fast. And I said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And he loves And then finds that I would give my life for you. And he, I love you. And he starts to hug me and kiss me. And it was like, I, I got right. So there were so many individual encounters. There were so many things that I cannot talk about public that took place behind the scenes. But the, some of the things I can talk about was to see, again, realizing, and David Cho, who works in the office, who was there, Tariq, quite a few of the people said, and, and it's been said since Leanne was probably the first one that says, nobody knows Leif Hetland until you go with him to the Middle East. And I know what I mean with it, meaning a fish in water, an eagle in the sky, is when you're suddenly be able to step into your lane, what you were born to do, when the convergence of everything about your life comes together in one. And that ambassador of love, including right over here, People see this big award is when the president of Pakistan gave me the ambassador of love award. I've realized at that moment, it's also time now to raise some other ones. That's the only sadness on my heart is that I see what's happening around the world, but where are the ones that can represent the king? The bridegroom king, who's going to prepare the bride, but who will represent the king and know the language of heaven and to be able to change environments here on earth in every aspect of society. And that was the joy that I got to see because God says, I would take you to the darkest places in the world. So there's no longer an excuse for the kingdom to not work anywhere. And I feel like that has been uh, probably my story now is to see from the place where there was no girls' schools eight years ago, and there was so much oppression, and one of these Muslim ladies was there speaking with boldness. As eight years ago, there was only darkness here. Women didn't even have a voice. Nobody could do anything. And all these women there, and I cut the ribbon of the school and all girls' school, and these powerful women are dreaming, and just realizing if God can do that there. There is no excuse for Atlanta or wherever people are living for God not to do the same. All he's looking for is people that will be part of a training for reigning. It doesn't happen automatic because we have good intention. It happens because we go from being orphans to sons and then moving into maturity with our sons and daughtership into a friendship with God so that we can co-labor with him. So we know his ways, we know his heart, we know his language, we've seen his face and we have fresh oil so that we can be light and we can love the way that he loves. And as a result of that, the power and wisdom can flow from that. Yeah, that's right. And I was just, I remember being so blown away from the recent stories from Pakistan. If you walk into our office, there is the picture printed where the the young Muslim girl who was healed, who was crippled and blind, where she's touching your nose. It is so powerful. It's a memory stone for us here of the goodness of God and the awesomeness of God to, to heal that young girl, to restore her. And while you were speaking, I just kept thinking of the verse in First Corinthians that we have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. But for you to be entrusted with that, it's there's a necessary journey you have to go on um, because we are we start as spiritual orphans, and our life journey is becoming spiritual sons and daughters. Um, it is stepping into the place of sonship because if you're going to influence the world around you. You have to understand who you are in Christ. You have to know who your father God is. You have to be one in one relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, the, and I was just curious to know, like when you're walking into some of these rooms in Pakistan, you're, you're saying things like the atmosphere is changing. 
Like, what do you mean by that? And what is, was your personal process to be able to understand what was happening? You know, that's, that's a sonship position for you to recognize that the atmosphere is changing. Yeah. And I think that so many people watch me in that element. For me, it is the most natural thing to do is the supernatural when I'm in that environment. It's not just that environment, but when I'm staying within what he, what I was born to do. But I've been on this long process of 26 years to become that. But it is almost like, a, I mean, I struggle with some of the things that when you don't walk on water and you're on the boat trying to figure out what happens. But give me a walk on water experience, meaning something that is impossible. Give me a giant that is so big that only God can do it. Something in me becomes alive as soon as something is impossible, totally impossible. As soon as, and, and most people are talking language that can be explained with human reason. So none of these things that you're seeing, they can. And I still remember back in the days when Leanne first went with me into a room, 400 imams and was around and she describes it. It's not me describing it because I don't even think about it. I just do it. So here we're walking in and you can feel this room is like 400 and it is just these people have never been our love. What is this infidel do? And then hour afterwards, everybody is hugging something you don't even do in the culture. The atmosphere has changed. It would be like a... John MacArthur mm -hmm. coming into a Benny Hinn setting or opposite uh, 10 times, or the Democrats, the most liberal with, with the most conservative Democrats and the atmosphere is just changing and they suddenly have loved one another, honor one another. You put that on a hundred time level of that. So a practical example will be also say during the peace event, there's, there's a lot of nuances in this that people have to see because it's not just wow, God just showed up. It, there is some love and there is some power and wisdom all going together in one. So if you watch the video and can get the video from that peace event, you would see in a sense that because when you're coming into this room and you have the Pashtun leaders, your government leaders, military mm -hmm. leaders, Shia Muslim, Sunni Muslim, top Sikh, top Hindu, top every stream, but 85% of the people in that room, because you're on the Afghan, you're in the Pashtun region, and 85% mm -hmm. will be clergy, Muslim on a very much on the conservative side. And like, who are you even to be in that room? You are an infidel. They don't know me. There's a few people in that room that knows me, but the people didn't know. It's the first time experience. So how do you, when you have 12 and a half minutes before it's over, you have favor with God and favor with man. It's not just, so when this is over, another thing you will find in that culture has never happened. They said, they don't applaud this group of people together. The closest you will get is not. So you have eight speakers before you and they're just coming in and then you're going up on that stage. And 12 and a half minutes after they're broken up, I think it was David Cho that counted it four different times, something they don't even do, do culturally speaking. The atmosphere is changing and suddenly you become like a magnet with these people that would stay away from you because they were like touching a leper, an infidel. And instead they're coming towards you to touch that and something changes, the atmosphere is changed. So from and including then the ministers and all the ones that are speaking after you is picking up on your language and the they suddenly start to speak a language of love that doesn't even exist. So there's about 11 supernatural things that is suddenly has taken place in that atmosphere in 12 and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, everybody can, the whole team is, they're blown away and there's no paradigm for it. Uh, and then afterwards, I have to become a student myself and say, okay, what did you do? Or what did you say? Or why did this happen? Was it just the sovereignty of God coming in? Or was it a co-laboring thing? Or was it a journey where you start to see that you only have authority over what you love? 
and perfect love casts out fear without saying a word about it. So how do you, with a love in Europe, change the classroom or the whole school system? Or perhaps even leak in such a way that after Charles Finney had an encounter with his love, that he's coming on a train, that people from a one-mile distance just got converted and saved and started to weep to God. Just read about it. One mile distance on a train just coming, you're leaking into the atmosphere and the atmosphere is changing because your atmosphere has changed. That's the kind of thing that intrigues me that I read in history and realize that now I get to see it, I get to be part of it, and we get to be part of it. So it's not just a spooky thing. It is actually a very practical thing. You have authority where you love. You have authority where you weep over. But there's a wisdom thing to be able to understand the culture and the context, but also read be able to understand the value system of the king and the kingdom, his mm. domain, and then to be able to minister reconciliation. How do I represent the king before people? But how do I represent those people before the king? And you stand in that gap, and that's when you're bringing that together, and there's an explosion that takes place in the spirit realm that suddenly shifts the atmosphere where, again, glory is being released, and that's what he wants. And now these people yeah. get to taste and see that there's something here that starts a conversation where you're moving into the next level in regard to the relationship. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and the nations are belong to the sons and daughters of God. Um, what does a, a love ambassador think about? What do they feel and how do they live their lives? Yeah, and of course, when we use the love ambassador, as I was saying, I have the award here, but it started with a prophetic word, actually an encounter with Judith Franklin. So I'm saying that just, this didn't exist in my language, but the closest we see is what Paul talking about, uh, ambassadors of reconciliation, minister yes. of reconciliation, ambassador, you're going to be an ambassador of Christ. So we are an ambassador of Christ who is the king, and we represent the kingdom and his love of his kingdom. So that's the title of an ambassador of love. But an ambassador of love, first of all, as I'm saying, the important thing is that we have to understand the king that we represent. So if I'm living here in Atlanta and I'm a Norwegian and I was visiting the Norwegian embassy, suddenly I come to Washington, D.C. and I get to know a home that looks just like Norway that represent my country, my language, my culture. I can walk in there and I can smell Norwegian coffee. So these people that brought you creating an embassy, but you're also creating ambassador that then get to mm -hmm. represent the homeland. There are certain things then we could spend a couple of sessions just on that. But the important thing here is that I don't represent myself, but it's not just I have to understand also the culture that he has called me. For some people, that could be a school teacher or academia. Or for some people, it could be the marketplace that the ambassadors of love in the marketplace among the business people. And I was just with a friend, a CEO named Larry Eiley. He carries that so beautifully. And not just there, he goes from prison to the broken, but he's a CEO. But he has an incredible anointing to represent the king there. So every one of us are actually called to be ambassadors of Christ, to represent. We either represent him in a good way or in a bad way. But the reason I wanted to be ambassadors of love, because that is his kingdom. And as a result of that, if we do not love well and know the language of love, that is the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. Meaning, how can you step into a place without saying a word and change that atmosphere? And people say, that sounds strange and weird. No, that's normal when Jesus shows up. 
the Christ in you that is the hope of glory around you. And then people say, I don't know how to do that. No, that's good news because we can help you because we've been on a journey where a lot of the things took years to learn intuitively. We can now say how every one of us can do this intentional, where you can come in and you can actually learn it. This is not an ambassador, the Norwegian ambassador. I met him in Islamabad. I met many ambassadors and I meet with ambassadors. My son Benji, after he spent some time with me, he now meets with 15 to 20 ambassadors every month from different parts of the world. So when you're meeting these ambassadors, they need to know about the homeland. They need to know the language of the homeland. They need to know about the culture of the homeland. But they also need to know where they've been sent. So the Norwegian ambassador has to understand the culture that he is sent and understanding the language and understand at least enough about that culture that God has placed them in to be able to know how do I represent my homeland, my country, my king in the right way. And how do I then both be able to stand in the gap between these two walls that he has placed as ambassador? And that's the beautiful part that God is calling all of us to be in, but less than 7% of the believers during a lifetime steps in it. Some because they didn't even know that that was their calling. Some because they thought, wow, I'm born again, saved, and one day I'm going to go to heaven. And then while I'm here on earth, I do the best that I can just to make it through the challenges of life. Instead of realizing, no, the reason you're here was not just he just saved you from something, but saved you to something. And the reason he didn't take you home at the moment of salvation is not for you to endure this tough, hard wall. It is for you to be able now to represent him full of love, full of power, and full of wisdom, knowing who you are and whose you are. And from that identity, developing such an intimacy with him and going into that secret place where you get the secrets of the king. And then as a result of that, being able to solve some of the problems that earth has here so that it brings glory to who the king is, the bridegroom king, who's eventually going to come for a healthy, beautiful bride that is now discovering who she is. And that's part of the ambassador of love family. Absolutely. Um, What role do our listeners have in this love awakening that's taking place in the globe today? I can't help but think that it beckons a journey of personal transformation. It can begin there. Um, But from your perspective, what, what, what can happen with our listeners in, in being involved in this love awakening? I think no doubt, no doubt. You cannot give something you didn't first receive. We cannot be able to, it has to come from him. And it has to go through him and eventually back to him for glory to be released. Mm-hmm. And I, that sounds a little bit mystical, but I cannot give something. Doesn't, if not, I just give something for myself or the best that I can. But that, but the ones that is thirsty now, even listening to that, some of them feel there's a little soft in the air. They will come and they start drinking. And when you start to drinking, rivers will start to flow from you. Rivers of his love, rivers of his life, rivers of his spirit. But the ones, and that's probably what we are trying to do now is to create, even with this podcast, part of our purpose is, first of all, to give people an appetite and knowing there's some fresh bread and there is something available. This is not something mystical or weird or strange or unusual or just a sovereignty of God. Now, this is an invitation from King Jesus that I'm looking for somebody to be able to represent me in the same way as the Father sent me to be representing the Father here on earth. 
I said it is going to be better that I go away. And then I'm going to give you a spirit, my spirit, the same spirit that was in me to each one of you to represent both the Father and me. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. And I'm there interceding behalf of you because I believe in you. I paid the price. Everything that I paid for is available for you. So that now full of the Holy Spirit that people can see a God that looks like Jesus by looking at each one of us and the way they were living. So the journey here for each person, uh, I don't think that anyone that is watching or listening should, if you are a pastor or even taking care of a child at home, it doesn't matter where you are at in life. I believe that we all should be part of this journey. And some of them are already on the journey, so I'm not putting that. But at least we are deciding because people say, wow, we're seeing all these videos. Of the, where do we start? Where is our sweet spot? Where is it that when I become alive? Where is where I find my purpose and my passion? And I wake up in the morning and both during the good and the bad days, during all the seasons of life. How do I navigate that? And especially in the middle of the storms of life, how do I get to the other side instead of drowning in the middle of everything that's going on in life? And in the middle of that, I realize I can't do it alone. And I don't think anybody out there can do it alone. What we're doing is there's a place at the family table for that. Third of all, that each one carry a special sauce. So we want your voice, Kaylee's voice, the people's voice out to be heard. I'm no longer satisfied. The prophetic word over me on June 6, 1995 was to be a bulldozer and going into the darkest places to make a way where there was no way. But the second was to raise up. This multitude, this light was following after me, and thousands of people were following after me. So the rest of my life will be spent not just what I am doing. I'm still going to be a bulldozer, and I hit things, and things hits me, and it makes way throughout the Middle East and other parts of the world. But now is for me to raise up people who can represent the king. So there's King Saul's that I meet that is mm -hmm. having nightmares, but who can play a harp? And who has mastered that harp in such a way they can change the environment for the king and take away the nightmare so they can get favor? Where are the Esthers that can stand before the king and say nations? Where are the Daniels that can actually bring transformation to the Nebuchadnezzar? I don't know where they are. So what we decided is say, come, if you're hearing the sound and you're, you, you're, you're feeling, you're tasting of something. So we develop these master classes that is going to actually, it's, a, it's actually for me to find ambassadors of love. Not representing me or GMA, or we're just a tool to help people, help churches, help family all over the world. But I'm now making a sound. That's what he said. Create a sound. As I'm blowing the trumpet mm. saying, hey, I'm looking. The king is looking for somebody. And the ones that are hearing that, and I'm meeting people, I pray for them. They're having encounters, but they don't know what to, to do with it. And these people are now coming, and I'm seeing, we are learning as we're going along. But I'm seeing the transformation like we saw Kaylee in Colorado when about 50 of our students started to share their story. Now I can take them to the next level of this, not just the identity, the intimacy, inheritance, and then eventually going into glory management mm -hmm. from glory to glory. And how this earth will be filled with the knowledge of glory of God as water covered the sea. And then in Isaiah 6, the whole earth is filled with glory, getting people now. And the glory is actually when you are becoming fully you, the way that he had created you to be, everything that Jesus purchased, when you are stepping into that convergence, that's a journey. When you step into that, just like Simon Peter, he had whole journey with Jesus, experienced the death, burial, resurrection, two appearances, but then he had this next 
breakfast at the beach with Jesus yeah. and I got a new fire. And from that moment, he becomes an ambassador of love on Pentecost, bold, courageous, and free from himself. And he can start his journey. So you can see that with all of these disciples, the invitation was to follow so they can become fishermen. Yeah. But the journey of transformation was to be with the king and learning the ways of the king, learning the language of the king, so that when the king went home, he gave him the spirit. So he said, you shall receive now the power of the king when the spirit comes upon you, so that you can be a witness of this king and his kingdom, starting where he had called you in your Jerusalem and your Judea, and then even among the international, his place, like in my neighborhood, the Samaria, but also to the uttermost part of the world, among the least, last, lost. And what a privilege. Amen. Wow. What a privilege. That is a true statement. We've had the best time with our masterclass students that we started in fall 2021. We are launching a new masterclass kingdom um, on the topic of destiny in the fall. And on September 5th is the first day of class. You can go ahead and sign up for identity or destiny, but it is an amazing resource. So if you're listening and you're still wondering, how can I see this transformation in my life? I've tried again and again and again to understand my identity. It is my number one struggle in my life. We really want to invite you to join us on this masterclass journey because it's slower pace. It's 12 weeks. Um, we meet once a week and there's a lot of video modules to work through, but it is a powerful time of transformation. We were just so amazed and wowed by the testimonies coming from our students who's marriages are being affected in a positive way, whose, whose entire families are being transformed, people who are seeing themselves the way Papa God sees them and choosing to represent him to the world around them. Um, it is amazing to see their confidence in God grow over a period of 12 weeks as well. Um, so if you are still desiring breakthrough in this area of identity to really truly see a love awakening in your own life, a love awakening in the world around you, we truly want to invite you to be a part of the masterclass. You can learn more at kingdomlifeblueprint.com. We will be starting classes September 5th, 2022. So please be sure to register before then. We can't wait to see you there. And this ends our series on the Love Awakening. So it also, if you haven't got a chance to pick up the book, you can buy it at loveawakening.com. Um, it is a blueprint for life transformation that we use in the masterclass that we use uh, that we're using in the Love Awakening Intensive now. And it will only help you. Um, Leif, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing about this love ambassador journey. Um, and it, the best is yet to come. We are all growing in this. It is our lifelong journey. And we hope to see a lot of our listeners in the masterclass. See you, Leif. See you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland. And sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.